Welcome back, everybody, to the EPL Boys Podcast. It's Logan and JD back at it again with a Saturday spesh, speshy weshy. Saturday speshy. Um, we would have uploaded on Friday like we normally do. However, we were so graciously invited to be onto the Lads Podcast uh, with our good friend Kevin. The reason that the show actually got started was because of Kevin. So we um we definitely recommend go listening to them. If I mean, if you don't know who the Lads Podcast are, yeah, who the fuck are you? Get out of your rock, bud. Come on, Patrick Starr. Get the fuck out of your rock and go subscribe. <laughs> Kevin's awesome. Martin are awesome. Those guys are great. And Kevin will actually be on next Friday's show as well. So it's a little teaser for that. But this episode, as you know, international break. No Prem games going on or anything like that. And the international break right now is under a little bit of controversy for if it should even be going on or not, which we'll get to in fan questions. But... We wanted JD <laughs> save for the fan questions. All right, man. all right. We <laughs> we wanted to actually, as we are two Americans, very passionate soccer fans, we actually wanted to talk about kind of the MLS, how it's grown, where we see it going, and how the men's national team has grown and how it has changed over the last couple of years. So JD, as the resident MLS fan, why don't you get us started telling us about how the MLS has grown and where you can see the MLS going in the next couple of years? So, yes, I am a huge MLS fan, which is kind of weird. You know, most people that like most people that watch European soccer don't really give a shit about the MLS, but that's okay. I get it. It's a much weaker league. But, you know, I'm from maybe an hour and a half outside Philly, uh, and the Philadelphia Union is finally a really good team in the MLS. So, I I follow them pretty pretty tightly. It took them long enough. Yeah, it did. I mean, they were only they, they were only formed in 2010, so yeah, which I, that's that shit's always the craziest yeah. to me. So whenever I look at these teams when they were formed, it's like rarely ever in like the '90s. It's always like this well, millennium. It feels like it's. I mean, a, a bunch of the teams in the MLS right now were formed, you know, at the beginning of the MLS, like 26 or seven years ago, I think, because I know they celebrated mm-hmm. 25 a year or two yes. ago. But it's crazy. It's not even 30 years old. Yeah, man. it's almost as old as us. Well, I mean, there was a league before the MLS. It's like the Premier League being the Premier League mm-hmm. before the top division, but um. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of the t- the original teams from the MLS merged into new teams. Like there used to be the um, oh my god, the New York Cosmos, uh, Chivas USA teams like that that you probably don't even mm-hmm. know because they have no teams. Yeah, but <laughs> but um, I'm a huge Philadelphia Union fan, and like I said, they're finally good again. And they, the MLS is good now at producing younger talent. I think what's really hindered the U.S. men's national team in general has been the fact that what makes the U.S. different from Europe with soccer is in Europe, you know, kids are are starting to join the first team of of clubs at, you know, 17, 18 years old, even Mm -hmm. 19, but that's, and that's still young. But in the U.S., you know, it's, there's a big push on going to college, which is fair, but you know, those players play for their colleges and they might not enter the mls until they're 21 or 22 years old that's yeah exactly. that's a three to four year developmental gap compared to you know the teenagers in england germany spain france like that i think that's the biggest hindrance to, yeah, to u.s men's national team growth but it's i think yeah, it's it's starting to get a lot better with the homegrown academies and philly union has a, a really good one I'll, t- I'll talk about that then yeah, but but like real quick it it resembles kind of like how every other professional league in america goes like in like the nfl oh, yeah, you go to years of college it, it's 
it's more the MLS, I guess, in that sense is kind of like trying to profile more like other leagues in America rather than like other soccer leagues in the world. Well, of course, and that's and that's gonna yeah. that's what's kept them back. But mm-hmm. I, I agree, I completely agree. I think once once the MLS realizes that they they really just need to focus more on the youth development rather than getting big name European guys at the end of their career. I think it'll be do mm-hmm. it'll be really good for the league, and then you know when they eventually those players get sold to europe which is starting to happen i mean Mm -hmm. that's just going to be great the money the money coming in but i'll I'll tell you about there's two teams that i'm focusing on and one is the union just because i know a ton about them and the other is the colorado Mm -hmm. rockies uh oh my god um fucking uh not colorado rockies colorado rapids i'm stupid uh but the philadelphia union brendan aronson if you've never heard of him you're gonna hear about him because he's 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 getting transferred to rb salzburg uh at the end of the mls season Mm. in january yeah it's just like porn to my ears i just this kid is 19 from right outside philly central attacking midfielder Mm -hmm. oh my god he literally his ball control is disgusting at his at his Mm -hmm. age and whisper and whisper those dirty things into my ear i love i love hearing about america's going to germany logan, it god it makes well, me feel so happy. austria but you know one step closer to oh germany. Well, yeah that's but true but here yeah, logan you, you want to i'm stupid. you want to hear what the reported fee is please yeah please come on 16 million pounds what the fuck? for a 19 year old u.s player coming from Holy the mls shit. it's the fact that he's coming from the mls which makes that surprising if it was a if it was that's a ridiculous. european transfer that'd be different but yeah. it's a 19-year-old U.S. player from the MLS going to Europe for 16 million pounds. That's in fucking insane. That's insane. What's do you know off the top of your head the the biggest sale, the biggest American sale from the, the Premier League? From the Premier League? No, not from the Premier League. From the MLS. From the MLS. The, the biggest U.S. sale. This might be. Yeah, it. the biggest. This might yeah, be really. It. Yeah, this might be it. I th- That's what I was thinking. Like I can't. I can't think of anybody like any Americans moving from the MLS. That yeah, not from been, the MLS. From a higher fee. Um, I can't think of any. Yeah, I can't think of any either. Because uh, I know Miguel Almiron. I mean, he's not. He's. Uh, I think he's Venezuelan, but he moved from Atlanta, Atlanta United to Newcastle, and I think that was seventeen or eighteen million mm-hmm. two years ago. But um, but yeah. No, it's a big thing. And then the Union also has a really good defender named Mark McKenzie, who he's 20, I think, 20, 21. He's so good, too, for for how young he is. And this mm-hmm. is where I'm saying they're doing a lot better with the youth, where Brendan Aronson is 19. He didn't go to college. He he was part of the homegrown youth academy at the Union, and, and they basically did the European style where he was promoted to the mm-hmm. senior team. <clears throat> while and he was then in you high see school. what And you see what happens. He's going to get to go yeah, play in fucking Europe and... And he's, I mean, he, I think he's been called up to the U.S. men's national team once or twice. He definitely played one of the times he was, but um, it's looking good for him. And I mean, it's a, it's only good that the U.S. is calling up kids like that. Yeah. But, and what's actually really funny, Brendan Aronson's younger brother, Paxton Aronson, who's 16 or 17, he just got promoted so to the Philly game. Union first team. Here we go, Aronson game. Yeah, so it's it was like really funny. Like Aaron, uh, Brendan's moving on, and his little brother Paxson's stepping into his shoes. We have we have our own long staffs. It's great. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, but then the other team I want to talk about, and these two guys, you probably, I mean, you might know the one guy, Kellen Acosta. He's played for the U.S. quite a bit, but he's still only twenty five, mm-hmm. and I've always rated him. He plays for for Colorado. Oh my God, this this dude, he great free kicks. Just good uh, central midfielder. I just every time I watch him play, he's good, and I don't know why he plays in Colorado because they're not that good. 
Um, he used to be, he was on Dallas, I think. I think he was on FC Dallas. Um, then he got, then he, MLS transfers are fucking weird. But um, yeah. he's really good. I could see him in, in the short term being like a good squad player for the U.S. men's national team. And then at right back, I know I know there's all the talk about Serginio Dest, of course. Mm-hmm. But you need more than one. <laughs> and I know Tyler Adams can play there too. But I think Tyler Adams is a much better midfielder. Um, yeah, definitely. Keegan Rosenberry, who's 25 or 26, he's from PA. He 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 uh, was drafted by the Philly Union. That's why I know him. But um, he, I have when he played for the Union, he was one of our best players. And I have no idea why the Union sold him to Colorado because he is so good. I think he's played for the U.S. once or twice, but he should have played more. Like in a couple years ago, when DeAndre Yedlin was fucking playing right back, it should have been Keegan Rosenberry. And he could still yeah. definitely be an option, you know, to, to – I mean, I think Serginio Dest is certainly the starter, no, no question. But Keegan Rosenberry is definitely definitely a good shout. And, I mean, I just think – I'll say it again. Like, the MLS is nowhere near European leagues. Like, I, I mean, I think I've, – I've talked to you, Logan, about – or we brought it up. Like, would, um, would an MLS team beat – Fulham or a championship mm-hmm. club, and you know the you know maybe the Columbus Crews, the Philly Unions this season, yeah. maybe they they give them a fight, but other than that, not really. And I and I believe that, but it's it's on the up. It's yeah. certainly on the up. Yes, yeah. yeah, just as the equivalent, like the top MLS teams wouldn't necessarily get relegated out of the championship. Yeah, but yeah, they yeah. would like be in that bottom tier championship squad. Which yeah, yeah, I I completely agree, but. We also still have to keep in mind how young the MLS is as a league and how kind of new this is for America. Because, you know, as as we both know, like, the Premier League's been going for, like, literally over 100 years. And, like, all these... Well, all, well, well not not the Premier the League, division, as, as it's yeah. called. Yeah, the top division. I'm just talking about, like, top division soccer. Like, first, first division, first yeah. division <laughs> soccer in Europe has been going on for literally, like, over 100 years. And oh, yeah. we have a lot of catching up to do. We have a lot of, kind of, like, learning periods. There's a lot of teething that needs to go on. There's a lot of growing up. So we're kind of in this in that stage right now. But I think over the last five years, we've made a lot of improvements with kind of how we treat our young talent. And that can only help the MLS. It can only benefit the MLS. It, and it benefits them a lot more than going out and, like, getting Ebra or somebody like that. I mean, to bring, like, recognition to the league is definitely a good thing. But yeah, of course. to resonate more with the American fan base, you want to bring through the ranks the next group of American stars rather than going on to sign a European players that to us, me and you Premier League fans, we know who Beckham is. We know who Eber is. We know who Higuain is. Yeah. I, most of the people that are fans of you know, major sports in America, they don't know who these players are because they don't know who the Premier League is, but they know, they know who the men's national team players are. They know who Christian Pulisic is. They know yep. who guys like that are. So if we can bring up those types of players, those young American players and get them, world fame like the adus of the world and shit like that then that's whenever i think you'll see a lot more people getting invested in the mls because then you'll be able to see the next young crop of american superstars that way but that's just me i that's that's just what yeah, i know no, no, I, I should focus in i definitely agree with you i i think it, it all starts with with the youth development mm-hmm. on home soil it, it is so good that so many young U.S. players are going to Europe while they're young. Young, That's yeah. so good that the experience is good. But there also needs to be that homegrown academy level yeah. uh, development work, which which is starting to happen yeah, at exactly. most of the teams. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, 
there's also it's actually a funny thing um there's a u.s there's a u.s eligible goalkeeper by the name of jonathan klinsman mm-hmm. uh, recognize recognize that name no, that name sounds kind of familiar i wonder why that is he's 23 years old and the son of jürgen klinsman <laughs> former u.s men's national team coach mm-hmm who did very fucking well at the 2014 World Cup. Yeah. Undeservedly fired. Yeah. We probably would have... We, I I will stand on the hill that we would have made the 2018 World Cup if Jurgen Klinsmann was still a coach. I don't know, man. Bruce Arena... Or, um, uh, yeah, Bruce Arena was fucking awful. We played Trinidad and Tobago at the same time, man. That's two countries. That's just not being fair. Oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll get but, to that as well, too. We'll get, jo- we'll get to the What I was going to say, though, Jonathan Klinsman, he's 23, he's goalkeeper, and he he's at LA Galaxy now in the mm. MLS, uh, but he was at Hertha Berlin in Germany. How um, old is he? I think 23. Okay. But that's not That's, that's not pretty young for a keeper guy, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, he's not the starter at the LA Galaxy, but again, he's 23. I mean, yeah. he's got his whole fucking career. 23 for keepers is like 20 for like outfit players. Like yeah. you're gonna have just about like three years or so, I think. I think that's about like like three or four years. It's kind of like the gap yeah. for them because they can play that much longer. But um, the MLS, I at least I personally think in five to ten years, we should, if the MLS is smart, see the emergence of a lot of younger American talent coming through the MLS and going from the MLS to Europe rather than going straight to Europe so they can play. You know what I mean? Yeah. That just yeah, kinda, yeah. That's just to me. That's kind of like a juxtaposition for the MLS. That doesn't make any sense. You, because you're going to get more money as a league because you're going to be getting more player transfers in, and you're going to get more notoriety. So it's just a win-win. It does. It makes literally no sense for you to not bring up these young players and play them first team minutes whenever they're eighteen, nineteen, and they go play for like Salzburg. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think I think this will be good because it's a stepping stone. You know, the, these Absolutely. younger players are going to get tons of opportunities in the U.S. to mm-hmm. play and oh, show definitely. what they can do. And then when they then move to Europe, they'll act, they won't just be in the in the academy in Europe. You know they'll actually be playing, mm-hmm. which is is what we need. We yeah. you know the U.S. men's national team. We need these kids to fucking play. Absolutely. Like as much as you know, as as great as it is that Zach Steffen's on Manchester City, he's rarely gonna play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it's he's still the certainly the goalkeeper we should have for the for the national team, but. He's not going to play much there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, here let's let's just transition now to the national team. Though. Let's let's talk about the U.S. Yeah. men's national team. And Current over the guys. last over the last decade, the men's national team in the last four World Cups, we performed pretty well at two, and then one like we talked about twenty eighteen, we didn't even qualify for. So that was definitely of a drop in performance. But in two thousand ten, we were Bradley. eliminated in the round of sixteen against Ghana, two to one. And then 2014, we were eliminated by Belgium in the famous Tim Howard game where he saved, Ooh, what? 17. 17 saves. Yeah. I remember watching that game. And Which is still a record. I don't know if that'll ever be broken in the round of 16, 2-1. We also drew Portugal in the yeah. 2014 World Cup, which um, was sick. Yeah, that Jermaine was, Jones with, yeah, with the that tying was, goal. That was whenever we made it out of that out of like the fucking stupid group. That was like crazy. How it was like Portugal. The group lost. of death. It was it's, Portugal. What was it? Port- Portugal, Germany, and Ghana, right? Yeah. Something like that. So, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was... No, it, it couldn't have been Germany, because Germany would have made it through. Yeah, well, they did. Oh, yeah. It was and, three and, teams. Yeah. yeah, it was Portugal that didn't make it through, right? Or something um, like that? No, no, no. I think I think the third place team in our group made it through. I think so. Uh, hmm. Ghana I didn't... That. I don't remember. Whatever. Yeah, I don't remember either, but anyway. Um, though, that being said, the team, the U.S. Miss National team as a whole back then, consisted of mainly 
average players to slightly above average players with a few, with a few legends on the team that were kind of winding down their careers. You know, like your your Dempseys, your Donovans, your Howards. They were kind of towards the tail end of of their careers. Um, most of these players never also really played at an elite level for Europe's big teams, which is kind of what I'm going to be talking about now. Um, now, though, the U.S. is coded in young players playing all over Europe. Because, like, what, Howard played, like, for Everton for, like, most of his career. I'm pretty ten sure in years, Europe, you know, yeah. like, 10 years. Decade. Donovan played for Everton on loan. And then Clint Dempsey played for Fulham and Spurs. Which he, which he was much better at Fulham than he was at Spurs. Like he was actually really good for Fulham. So, yeah, it's all right for Spurs, but yeah. But like, I, I wouldn't consider him like elite or like a, a, one of the top players though for one of the top teams. But however, oh, now no, though, yeah, no. there are sixteen players right now, sixteen American international players playing in Europe's top five biggest leagues, which are the Premier League, uh, La Liga in Spain, the Bundesliga in Germany, Serie A in Italy, and Ligue 1 in france 16 which is a fucking lot i think i think that one picture on twitter there's like nine playing in the champions league right now which is oh yeah that was a sick picture that's insane that's that's crazy to think of just like imagine seeing that that 10 years ago you would have never seen that but you wouldn't even guessed it no absolutely not but I'm, I'm going to break them down by league. So it's mainly the Premier League and the Bundesliga where the Americans are. In league, uh, you just have Tim Weah, Lille, 20, which I'll get to all their ages. And Decent. Yeah, he's very young, has a lot of promise, son of a Ballon d'Or winner. So keep and, that in and, mind. And, um, yeah, Ballon d'Or winner and the president of Liberia. Yeah, keep that in fucking mind. Kids got, kids got footballing gods flowing through his veins. Uh, Serie A, there's only one, but it's Weston McKinney playing for Juventus, the biggest club in Italy, one of the, probably the five biggest clubs in the entire world. Yep. There are technically two in La Liga, both playing for Barcelona. Uh, Serginio Dest, who just transferred, and Conrad De La Fuente. Who, with a K. With a K. Conrad with a K, 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 who's playing for Barcelona. He actually got called up for the Champions League squad. So hopefully he'll he'll make his debut for Barcelona in the Champions League. But right now I think he mostly plays for their B team. But he'll probably be a Barcelona player here soon. Most of them, though, like I said, are in the Bundesliga. The Bundesliga, you have Tyler Adams, who plays for RB Leipzig. John Brooks, who plays for Wolfsburg. Timothy Chandler, who plays for Eintracht uh, Frankfurt. Ulysses Giannis, which I never heard of this guy before, but his first name is Ulysses, which is kind of crazy. He plays for Wolfsburg as well, but he's on loan, I think, somewhere. Um, Josh Sargent, who plays for Werder Bremen. Chris Richards, who plays for Bayern Munich, the Champions League winners. As well as Gio Reyna, who plays for Dortmund. And then in the Premier League, DeAndre Yedlin, Newcastle. Zach Steffen, who we talked about, Manchester City. Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson on Fulham. Cameron Carter-Vickers, who plays for Spurs. Matt Miazga, who is still technically a Chelsea player. He's on his fourth loan spell from Chelsea, but he is still technically a Chelsea player. And the main man, Christian Pulisic. All these players as well, at least most of them, I just kind of want to highlight real quick how young they are. So out of all the players that I listed, three of them are above the age of 25. Reem, 33, and Yellen and Burks are 27. The rest of them, though. Miazga is 25, so is Stefan, but again, he's a he's a goalkeeper. So 25 for a goalkeeper really isn't much. But then the rest. Cameron Carter-Vickers is 22. Chris Richards is 20. De La Fuente and Dest are 19. So is Giannis. He's 19. Robinson's 23. Sargent and and Wea are 20. 
McKenzie or McKinney is 22, Adams is 21, Pulisic is 22, and Gio Reyna is fucking 17 and starting for Borussia Dortmund. It's insane. That's that ridiculous so youth. Good. That is, I cannot explain to you how insane that youth is. For and, us and they're right all now. playing. Like the, all these... they're all playing. They're all like starters or like rotation players. Except for Richards, I guess. I mean, Richards is. He got an assist know. though. He got an assist. In yeah, I know. The I know. But he's game. more of like he a, got pros- a start. He's more too. of a prospect. Yeah, I yeah, I know. But I don't think he's going to start every game. No, them. of course not. But right. that, but it is a great way to start though. When in your first start, you get a fucking assist to yeah, who should have been the Ron- Ballon d'Or winner. What That's, to Lewandowski? Yeah. Yeah, that was man. That's such a great, great way to start. And there's like what I think two of the play for Ajax as well, or at least I know there's at least the one. Well, Des came from Ajax. Yeah, I know there's another one. I can't remember his name though. Oh, I don't remember. Um, But that's just that's just a ton of youth. You partner that with the youth that we have in the MLS and the experience in the MLS, and you have a starting eleven that if you just make it up out of players from Europe, you have a pretty competitive starting eleven. I would I would say because of course for sure. Um, Stefan and goal. You're all Stefan's our, our our number one right now. We are, I would say, goalkeeper and probably striker are where we we might be the weakest in terms of depth. But still, though, there's there's just so much young talent though. Because you have like Sargent who could play striker and Wea, and they're both twenty and they have a ton of improving to go. Um, Reyna and Pulisic could play cams and. Pulisic can play out wide. He's a much better wingman, but I think he's, he's played cam before for the United States. Um, and then you have Adams and McKinney as like a double pivot, two CDMs. Both of those guys are exceptional players. Like, Weston McKinney is getting the most amount of playing time right now out of any American, I think, um, because of like injuries to Pulisic and rotations for the other ones. Mm-hmm. And he's killing it right now for fucking Juventus. He's, he's killing it in, in Italy, dude. He's yeah, yeah. Killing. The fact that he, I didn't think he would actually play as much as he already is. Yeah, I know, right? But and actually, here's, because of the midfielders they have. Yeah. Um. And it's just the team is is looking great in the long run. Once twenty twenty six rolls around, that's the North American World Cup where we're hosting it with Mexico and Canada. We're going to qualify, and I think we, that we year automatically is, qualify. Yeah, I think that's going to be a the year that we make a genuine run. In, in in the World Cup. But real quick, actually, speaking of Weston McKinney, I wanted to do a little bit of a stat comparison. Um, Oh, fuck. Oh the, oh, the page refreshed. I didn't keep it up. Anyway, I compared him to um, <laughs> Rodri and Wilfred and Didi as, like, okay. two other CDMs. And stat-wise, he compares really well with the two of them. He's kind of, like, middle, middle of the road. He's, like, a better defender than Rodri. But not better than Aditi, but he's a better passer than Aditi, but a little bit worse than Roger. He's kind of like in right now in the middle of Roger and Aditi in terms yeah. of balance. Which is if you comparing him to Aditi, who I think is like the gold standard for like a young CDM right now in Europe, and Roger, that's incredible company to really be compared to because you think both of those oh, guys are yeah. probably like seventy five million pound players, and yeah. his stats line I mean, up Rodri very was. well with them. It's crazy. <laughs> It's absolutely insane how well that he lines up. But out of all these young guys, the player that I want to kind of highlight with you is one Christian Pulisic. Captain America, he's been in the squad for, what, almost like five years now. <laughs> I feel like he's been playing for us. We've we've known for a while that he was he's going to be America's next big thing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a little game, J.D. 
Okay. Ready for the game? What I'm going to do is I'm going to sure. I'm going to compare Christian Pulisic with you and the viewers. Um, or I guess well, I guess the listeners. You guys can play along as well at home if you would like. I'm using understat <laughs> to compare him stat wise to another Premier League winger. This is another winger in the Premier League, so it's easier for you to guess who it is. And I like to use stats on a like on like a per ninety minute basis. So because like, Christian, he doesn't get as much playing time as other wingers do because he's like he's injured and he gets rotated too much. I think, in my opinion, especially like once you look at these stats, it's like why doesn't he play like all the time? I don't I don't know. But this other player, uh, goals per ninety minutes that that they play goals per ninety, the other player has him beat. At 0.61 to 0.44. However, expected goals per 90. They're both exactly the same at 0.48. Christian gets more shots off per 90 minutes than this other player. 3.05 to 2.52. Assist per 90. He beats him. 0.27 assists per 90 to 0.12. Expected assists per 90, which is the same as expected goals just for assists. 0.25 to 0.19. And key passes per 90. He beats him as well. Who do you think I'm comparing him to out of all the Premier League wingers? I don't know if you're gonna get it. I what? I'm stuck between oh. Sterling and Mane. Okay. I'm gonna go Mane. You actually got to fucking bang on. That is, that is him comparing to Sadio Mane. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's how he compares on the, a per ninety basis to Sadio Mane over the last yeah. two full seasons. Because yeah, it was that, the goal. What the it was the goals where it was point four eight or something again every ninety. Yeah. Well, I was expected goals was about point four eight. Which on like on on a per ninety basis, he's expected to score the same amount as Sadio Mane, who is one of the best wingers in Which the entire huge. world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. Sterling actually, uh, for comparison, I actually didn't use Sterling because Sterling just like barely beats him on all the stats. Just barely <laughs> because of the system that he plays in. He's like, he's favored a lot more and he doesn't yeah. really play yeah. kind of like the same kind of like wide dribble, crazy well, true, winger. Yeah. Like, well, Christian yeah, is. but at least, at least Christian Pulisic doesn't run like a fucking yeah, idiot. Yeah. He doesn't run like a velociraptor. I actually have another one here um, that he compares to. Uh, this is another Premier League winger. Goals per 90, they're pretty much the same, 0.44 to 0.45, but Christian is better expected goals, 0.48 to 0.36. The shots per 90 is exactly the same, uh, 3.05. The assists per 90 minutes, this other player, is a little bit higher at 0.31 to 0.27. Expected assists, Christian is higher, and key passes per 90, he is higher, slightly, though. This is another Premier League hmm. winger. Hmm. Well, I know it's not Nicolas Pepe. No, it is not. <laughs> it is definitely not because yeah. goals Could per ninety would be, be. zero. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> effectively. No. no, he scored. He scored. Yeah, he scored week, a little bit. He? Yeah. Um. Hmm. Hmm, 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 hmm. Hyungmin Son. <laughs> You're bang on, man. You're two for two. That is oh, Hyung, really? That is Hyungmin Son. <laughs> yeah. So, Damn, I'm good at yeah, this. Yeah. So he compares really well to Hyungmin Son, and I actually have one more. That kind of shows you just a little bit how, how different these two players are. Want to get three in a row? Maybe. This is another Premier League winger. Goals per 90, he has him beat barely at 0.48 to 0.44. Expected goals per 90, he also has him beat 0.56 to 0.48. Shots per 90, 3.2 to 3.05 in favor of the other player. But in the creativity is where it swings in Christian's favor. Assists per 90, expected assists per 90, and key passes per 90, he is higher than this other Premier League winger. Do you know who this one is? If you're three for three, I would actually be really impressed. Um, hold on. Are you considering a Balmyang as a winger? Mm, yes. Okay. Um, who was higher in expected goals? Uh, the, this other player. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm going Aubameyang. No, that's actually Marcus Rashford. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Aubameyang... Oh, I should have said, are you considering Mar- Rashford as a winner? Yeah, he okay, is. Yeah, yeah I, I would. Aubameyang yeah, okay. is actually... Aubameyang is actually a lot crazier higher in expected goals and goals per 90, but he just... That's a, he gets yeah, a shit you know what? out of him in, yeah. in like, all of like, the distributing, though. So Yeah, okay, that makes the sense. The only player that... Beats, I wasn't even thinking Rashford. The, the only player that beats Christian Pulisic in like literally every one of these stats is Mohamed Salah. That's the only one that is consistently better than him at everything in the Premier League. Which yeah. that's not really saying much because Mohamed Salah is probably the best player in the Premier League over the last two seasons. So whenever you look at it like that, the only person that he's better than, or the only person that is better than him at pretty much everything, is the guy that's won two of the last three Golden Boots and broke the goal scoring record in the Premier League. That's pretty good company to be in. Like. I was I was just fucking yeah. around just looking this up. I was like, I wonder how he compares to Sadio Mane, and I lost my fucking mind because he compares so well to like the Premier League's top wingers. I just I just want him. I wish that he would just stay healthy, because like I would put Salah and probably like Sterling at least like stat wise in like the top tier for wingers, and then like you guys you have like Mane and like Aubameyang and those guys like right below them, and then in the next group underneath them, I think you put like Christian probably. Cause like he just hasn't shown yeah. it for like a full season, but yeah, he looked really good at the restart this season, man. Uh, I season, I want but... him to play this season like crazy. Cause well, also at least like the good thing for Chelsea is they don't really have like a left wing to play ahead of him. So it's if he's healthy, there's no reason to not play Christian Pulisic. There just isn't. I'm so fucking. Oh yeah, no, to he'll start. Lampard Lampard loves him. I mean, he will start once he's healthy for yeah. sure. So stat wise, America actually genuinely has a world class player right now. Like not yeah. not for the future, yeah. right now, right At now. What twenty? He's twenty. Twenty two years old. He just turned twenty two. I think yeah. a, a couple months ago. Yeah, but twenty two years old. That's insane. Youth, yeah, youth wise too. Like Gio Reyna has looked exceptional for Dortmund too, and oh, yeah. I keep saying this: no one develops youth like the German league. No one does, and I guess Salzburg oh. because Salzburg are basically like Leipzig too, effectively. No one does yeah, it better yeah. than fucking Germany. Tyler Adams, Leipzig, he's at a great place. Rain is there. Sargent's there. Like, all these players. Richards is there, too. All these players, man. America's going to look so good in the next couple of years, dude. I'm so fucking ready for the actual... 2026 World Cup. I'm so ready for the actual be, be golden so age of American soccer. For the actual U.S. Men's National Team. Actual golden age. Like, we might actually make it past a round of 16. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> we might actually do it, man. Um, it's a lot of a lot of things to look look up for. Yeah, it'll be good. But just in your opinion, out of all of the, like the young guys in America or in Europe, barring like Christian Pulisic, who's already like established, and like McKinney and Adams, who are kind of established, out of like Reina, Sargent, and Wea, Reina and Wea, which one of those three do you actually think is going to be the best out of the three of them? Because I think it's Geo. Um, yeah, I, I think the fact that Giorena is playing pretty regularly for, for Dortmund mm-hmm. is, a, is a big thing. I think Ty, Ty, um, Josh, Sar- or I almost said Tyler Sargent, I think of Tyler Adams. <laughs> he, he, does Josh look like Sargent. A, he, he does look like a Tyler. He looks like a Tyler. He does he look like, like a Tyler. Tyler. <laughs> but Josh Sargent uh, at Werder Bremen, I mean, I think he'll really get his chance some sometime soon, whether it's at Werder Bremen mm-hmm. or not. Um, I, they were starting to give him more chances, you know, after the restart. Yeah. But I, I think he could really be a good player. And and then with Tim Weah, he, I mean, he was at PSG. He he moved from PSG to Lille, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't breaking into PSG because it's yeah. fucking PSG. Yeah. 
But um, I think the Lille move was great for him. That's a great yeah, club. Me too. You know, as far as the French league goes, I think Lille's been really good uh, with developing youth because that's where um, is that where Pepe came from? Uh, did he come from Lille? Did yeah, he... I'm pretty yeah, sure. Pretty sure. Yeah, I, I can't remember if he came from Lille or Ren. I think it was Lille though. Yeah, I think I think he came yeah. from Lille. And, and then Lille's uh, where like Oshman plays from... too, and that's kind of no one knows. Yeah, somebody... No, he doesn't play for there anymore because he. he he transfers to Napoli. Oshiman did. Oh, okay. But I'm trying to think. There was somebody else from Lille that that was bought. I don't. Remember I can't remember who, either who the fuck it was. I don't know. But I, yeah, Pepe was definitely from Lille. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, no Wea. I mean, he if he can stay healthy because he's been injured a little bit. Yeah. And he's super young, so that's not good. But if he can stay healthy, I mean, he can be really good. Yeah. I I I would definitely agree though. Gio Reyna is is certainly. I think Wea is really raw. What I can tell, he's just he's he's a really raw player. He needs to be kind of like, hard like kind of like reined in a little bit because he's hella fast. He's aggressive. He's he's really aggressive in the box. He just needs to be kind of polished and reined in a little bit over the next couple yeah. years and kind of like refined. Josh Sargent actually, I was watching comps of Sargent. He actually is really intelligent, like in the box. He's not super. He's kind of like the opposite of way where he's not really super aggressive, but. He will, like, in the box, if he's, like, he's got the ball, he he knows when to, like, okay, I, I shouldn't really be trying to take a shot here. I'm going to turn back, kind of pass it back out a little bit. He doesn't really lose possession. He kind of would rather go for, like, the buildup rather than, like, just force a shot, which I think is really rare in a guy that's only 20. And Yeah. But but also, to be fair, Sargent got 28 appearances last year for Werder Bremen. Like, he played a lot when he was 19. What? What I'm hoping happens with Sargent is kind of what happened with McKenney, where McKenney played for a piss poor Schalke yeah, team. That team sucked, and he and he was the best player he was, on that he team. Was their best he player. stood the fuck out, and that's why he got a move from Schalke to Juventus. Mm-hmm. When 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 I would never guess that a Schalke player would move. Yeah. Let alone an American soccer player. I guess maybe, yeah, well, yeah. I I guess maybe, uh, I think Leon Goretzka went to Bayern from there, but but that's. But yeah, but that was when Schalke were actually pretty decent, though. Yeah, they were okay then. That was like, what, three years ago? Yeah, like three or four. I want to say, like, something like that, where they're actually, like, I think, like, top 10, top eight, maybe. They're actually playing pretty good. Yeah. But I'm hoping that that maybe that'll happen with Sargent, because Sargent plays for a Werder Bremen team that. All really were so close to getting relegated last yeah, season they were not from the Bundesliga one. I think th- I think they won the the playoff thing. Oh really? The playoff oh, yeah, match to, to stay up. Yeah, like the yeah the the third placed or the third third to bottom plays the one team in the the division below mm-hmm. to see who gets to stay or if they get kicked out. But um, yeah, and they won, so they got to stay in. So I'm 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 hoping that like Sargent gets to play a lot this season and mm-hmm. can stand out in a pretty poor Werder Bremen team and maybe get a move to a better club. Yeah. But. Uh, that's what I think. That's what I think too. Like on, on like all the stats we just compared to like to Pulisic, all, all, all like the per 90 stats, he's like a slightly below average in like all of them. But again, he's 20 years old. Like he's, he, yeah. he, he really should not have been playing 28 times for Werder Bremen in his, in his age 19 season. Like he really shouldn't have, but Werder Bremen were so bad. They're like, fuck it. Let's just give the young guy a chance. And yeah. we kind of scored a couple goals. Yeah, and we we yeah he he had four goals, two assists, which for a twenty year old, that's 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 good enough. That's definitely good enough for someone that is twenty years old. And I think Waya Waya was a little bit worse last year. 
number wise. Well, he was he was injured. He was injured a lot. Yeah, but I think this year he's actually already played more. Yeah, like this this year he's already had more appearances for Lil than he did all of last year. Like last year he only had three, and he's already had four sub appearances this year. Yeah, it's yeah, it's because he was injured. Yeah, so last he's year. he's uh, he's definitely getting a lot more um, game time now, like like already. So if he can just stay healthy, he's super raw, and I think he can turn into a a fucking weapon. Because again. His dad's a fucking Ballon d'Or winner. Like he has, he has footballing magic running through his his veins. And Reyna, of course, is exceptional. Des, as we've seen, I mean, he was starting for Ajax, and now he plays for Barcelona, which is not an easy feat. We we, mm-hmm. we already had a guy in Conrad that was already on Barca to begin with. So Barcelona sees something with Americans. So do a lot of the German leagues. I feel like the EPL kind of does it more for the american viewers than the other leagues do but at the same time you have some pretty decent young guys there as well so i feel like the premier league isn't a necessarily great place to develop american talent because of how competitive it is but i think for guys like pulisic and i guess yedlin i i I suppose guys that have been there for a little while it's it's better for them because they have already proven they can play at that high of a level you know what i mean so i guess i guess it's kind of better for them but man i am excited world cup 2026 we gotta go i don't care how much tickets are i don't care where it is i want to go because i have an inkling that this team's going to be stupid good this team's going to be ridiculous because because like just like in in six years pulisic's going to be in his prime he's going to be 28 adams will be 27 mckinney will be 28 all those guys will be in their prime Reyna will be twenty three. He'll be twenty. He'll be tw- only twenty three in six years. That's yeah. stupid. Just I, I want to give you what like my starting eleven mm-hmm. that I would love to see like in the twenty twenty six World Cup. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, I will. Just I would do mine as well. Prime. Like okay, so it starts Stefan and goal because mm-hmm. he'll be what thirty one. Yeah. For goalkeepers, that's nothing. That's like prime Stefan, for goalkeepers. Yeah, Ste- Stefan and goal, mm-hmm. and then center backs. If it depends with John Brooks. I think well, he's what twenty seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it depends how he progresses, but Miazga Miazga is twenty five. I like I said in the beginning of this with the Philly Union player Mark McKenzie. He's going to Europe soon. They mm-hmm. they the Union have come out and said Brendan Aronson's going. Mark McKenzie's also going to go soon. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be really good. What other young center backs do you have? Chris Richards. Uh, I actually have Chris Richards in my. Oh, team. Chris Richards. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Chris Richards, if he can progress at Bayern, so okay, so maybe have Mark McKenzie, Chris Richards, center backs, and then Serginho Dest on the right. Mm-hmm. Then midfield. This might be the same fucking. Who's on the left? Though? Who's going to be on the left? Anthony Robinson. That's who I have as well. Okay, so we we pretty much Anthony have the Robinson. same so far. Well, yeah. Okay, so we can agree on that. And then and then midfield wise, you got Tyler Adams, West McKenney. This will be a, a four three three. Uh-huh. average formation you got you got the holding midfielders tyler adams west mckenney mm-hmm. pulisic through the middle sergeant up top and then Wea and reyna on the on the wings really i i i was i would switch pulisic and reyna i think pulisic would be better out on the wings okay and then yeah reyna okay we'll do that yeah okay yeah i mean yeah that could work but those players in starting 11 I, I, is what i would want to see in literally exactly the same starting 11 i literally have exactly the same because all right well, in, there we go. in six years Sargent will be 26, Pulisic will be 27, Reyna will be 23, Wayo will be 26, Adams 28, 27, McKinney 28, Des will be 25, Robinson will be 29, Bridges will be 26, Brooks would be 33, so we'd be kind of old. How how old is it that other center back you heard? 
referring to? Oh, Mark McKenzie yeah. is 20 or 21. Okay, so, yeah. so he'll be about the same age as Richards, and then Stefan Golby, 31. That's that's a team. Yeah, that's a that's fucking insane. team, and that's and then that's not even that's that's not even counting the up and like the the mm-hmm. next youth players. That's, that's, that I was, hear about I was about to years. say that like like we don't know what other American players are going to blow up in the next year or two. Like we don't know. It could be even more. Yeah. Like Aronson might just be ridiculous, and he might have to Dude, play yeah. in the middle, and then Rainham might have to play a wide or something like that. Like we don't know. But that could be great depth though. Yeah, too. It, yeah, that like, too. Like like it's we, insane. We we have no idea how this is going to look. Aronson will be 25. That's yeah, we, we have no idea how this is going to be in six years, but if it's just these six alone, I think this this will be a squad that will go fucking deep, 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 deep. Of course, it's not like as good as like France or like Germany, like their youth depth, but that's because, again, like we were mentioning with the MLS, they've been developing youth at the youth academies for decades now, literally decades. Yeah. And America's kind of yeah. just starting on doing it over the last decade or so. So that's kind of the end of the the men's national talk hopefully i know there's one guy on instagram that asked us questions about who we think the national team starting 11 is going to be coming up in the next friendlies i hope it's the one that we listed that'd be awesome to kind of get all of those young guys like experience early that would be that would be ideal in my opinion but um moving on though we're gonna cover some of the international games i guess well at least we'll, we'll probably we'll, we'll maybe we'll get to him in jd's gambling corner so jd Hopefully you'll make the people some money. Welcome to JD's Gambling Corner, where every pick is a lock and dreams really do come true. These opinions are solely mine and should not constitute financial advice in any way. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please seek the advice of a gambling addiction hotline. Please do. We are not responsible <sighs> love, for your money. Love saying that. It feels I'm good. Not a it feels good. Advisor. It feels good to just have plausible deniability. You know what I mean? Yep. It CMA, feels good. Cover my ass. <laughs> All right, so. So for this weekend, I mean, with the internationals, I the the one problem I have with internationals for certain kinds of bets is I don't know exactly who's going to play, especially when some of them are friendlies. Some yeah, of them are, you, you know, you really Euros, don't know Nations what starting eleven is going to be. Yeah, so I I don't like to do the prop bets like individual like who's going to score because yeah. they might not fucking play. Exactly, like England <laughs> England playing Wales. Uh, the other day, they literally... I mean, it was all young guys. Like, Harry Kane didn't play. Sterling, I don't even think he was in the fucking squad. Was Grealish but, the um, oldest player? Uh, What's he, 24? Yeah, he's 24, 25. He, he may have just damn near been the oldest player. Uh, was, no, no, they had... Who else was in that squad? I, for, I forget. Yeah, somebody... No, he couldn't have been I've, the oldest. I feel like There's they no had way. to have had somebody. Huh, I'm actually going to look this up now because this is going to be a, a pain in the ass for me. Well, well, what, whatever. But it, that, that's why I don't do prop bets. For, for for national teams unless it's like unless it's like a world cup or something or like an actual tournament not just the qualifying rounds or friendlies but i have two parlays and one is realistic one is ridiculous but <laughs> low risk high reward so i'll do the realistic one first it's a five team parlay and it's good games G- games that i'm definitely going to try and watch for sure but first one's uh ukraine germany this is uh over tomorrow and sunday um germany versus ukraine obviously i'm picking germany not that ukraine's awful but i don't think i could name a player from them mm-hmm. or maybe i could i just have to see i just have to see the list first wait but um for who for ukraine uh yarmolenko yarmolenko okay yeah, yeah okay i knew yarmolenko okay but um, that's like that's like I'm the have, one though <laughs> yeah well i'm having germany at, at minus 550 obviously they're heavy favorites and then uh spain versus switzerland Mm-hmm. Taking Spain at minus two ninety, 
Then Wales versus Republic of Ireland, taking Wales at plus 155, which is surprising. I, I thought they'd be rated a little bit higher than that, but I'm having them win. Then England versus Belgium is the only game that I'm a little worried about. I have England winning, mm-hmm. but I don't know who's going to play. Yeah. I and But the same with Belgium. Fucking Christian Benteke played for Belgium the other day. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. That is insane. That is insanity that he's even making that squad. I like yeah. I couldn't believe it. But either way, I have England winning that at plus one seventy, and then Netherlands versus Bosnia. I have Netherlands winning at minus two fifty. Six dollar bet at plus one thousand four hundred thirty two odds would win me eighty five dollars ninety two cents. Pretty good. Kind of low risk, you know, six bucks but to win eighty five, you know, not bad. And most of those should happen. I think the England Belgium one's the the one up in the air. But if the first three hit and I can cash out at like twenty five, thirty bucks, I might do that. Mm-hmm. But the ridiculous parlay, twelve team parlay, has some of the same games. But um, I'm going to start out. So Germany, obviously Germany, Ukraine, having Germany, Spain, Switzerland, having Spain, Wales, Republic of Ireland, Wales, England, Belgium. Uh, oh, this one I did England Belgium as a draw just to switch it up because you I think love that could betting happen draws too. and they never fucking. I don't work, like man. betting draws. It's just it's tempting when it's certain matchups. I'm think I I think either England's gonna win or they're gonna draw. So I, I kind of hedged my bets there. Yeah. Also, like aren't, another, aren't the aren't the odds for draws kind of high too? Yeah, they they generally are. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's, yeah, because nobody wants to draw. Yeah, exactly. But, um, <laughs> no one wants to play for a draw. Uh, and then the fifth one, Netherlands, Bosnia, Netherlands, obviously. And then here's the new the new games that I'm adding to the parlay: Sweden, Croatia. Mm-hmm. I'm having Croatia win at minus one four five. I thought Sweden would be a little bit higher than that, but um, Austria, Northern Ireland, Austria winning. Mm-hmm. Denmark, Iceland, Denmark winning. Get some fucking. Uh, uh, oh wait, no, no, no. Holland plays for. Who's Holland play for? Nor- uh, oh, Norway. Norway. He Norway. Is that's Norwegian. who it is. They are not playing this weekend. Oh. Never mind. They're kicked out of the Euros, uh, but, which is a bummer. Yeah, they didn't that's qualify. True. Yeah, but oh. Denmark, Iceland. I'm having Denmark win. Uh, Italy, Poland, which should be a fucking spicy ass game. Italy is definitely gonna win Poland that. Minus two, two all over again. Jesus. Poor Poland. Jesus <laughs> <laughs> My God, dude. Uh, Greece <laughs> definitely having them beat Moldova at minus four seventy. France versus Portugal, which should Ooh. definitely be a banger. That, I'm having France oh win that. God. But, that's dude. But that's, that's another. That's just a rematch of a, uh, the Euro 2016. The final. Euro 2016. Yeah, um, I'm having France win that. I think they're just much. I not much stronger. I think they're just stronger. But you never know. It could be a draw. So, but Russia versus France Turkey. Versus I'm having Russia. Wolves. True. Yes, France versus Wolves. Yes. But then Russia beating Turkey at plus 105. <laughs> Just guess what a $1 bet wins me. Um, on 105? No, no, no. A $1 bet on all 12 of those oh, games. Probably like 120 bucks. <laughs> a little higher. Oh, really? Jesus Christ. It's like 200 $766.31. <laughs> <laughs> Plus the odds why are not? plus seventy six thousand six hundred thirty one. Why wouldn't you bet that? Why the fuck what would you, the, wouldn't you do that? I put, what do you I lose put a, a bug? Game. What does that buy you anymore? And that doesn't buy you a candy bar. Is either like a Hershey chocolate game. bar or the chance to win seven hundred bucks? I'm gonna do the chance to win seven hundred bucks. 
No, but see, the thing is, the thing is with this is, if you win, That's if so you funny. hit the first like couple, or they're all kind of winning, <laughs> it'll let like you cash out. <laughs> yeah, it'll. If, if I cash out at forty dollars on a one dollar bet, I'll be oh, happy. Yeah, it's, it's fucking fine. But, um, no, the other day, yeah, Logan, I sent this. I sent this to the Lads chat. The uh, my one dollar bet on all twelve MLS games, <laughs> and it was like a twenty five thousand dollar payout. <laughs> I only hit like four of them. Yeah, but, you know, fuck it. Why not? There's literally no reason to it was not so do worth that. It. There just yeah, isn't it was a reason. So worth it. You don't lose anything. A, a dollar buys you like half a gallon of gas. At least here it does. It's, yeah. No, but other otherwise though i'll probably put um individual games i'll probably put money on england belgium because they're both positive odds to win and then france portugal just because they're such good matchups like mm-hmm. there's not a heavy favorite um i kind of like putting like maybe a five dollar bet on that maybe win like 15 bucks yeah but i'm not too sure about that yet these these two parlays already i already actually put the money down but mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Maybe I'll come up seven hundred and sixty-six dollars richer. But that would be, that would be good for you. That'd be great for the show because then we can actually be like, listen, yes. listen to us for gambling. Don't listen to these oh, other yeah. shows. Don't listen to them. JD's out here making almost eight hundred bucks on a one dollar bet. You need to listen to the EPL boys for your gambling well, tips yes. and tricks. Don't listen to nobody else. Fuck them. But. <laughs> Um, All right, that's about it for the gambling for me for this week. Oh man, seven hundred. It, it was. It's a short clams. one. It's a short one with the international break. That but. could buy you a lot of clams, man. Seven hundred sixty dollars. Jesus Christ. But let's move on though. Finish off the episode. Finish off the Saturday special weshy with a couple of fan questions. You can always ask us questions. DM us on Twitter or Instagram, um, or just reply to a post with a with a question. Fuck it. I mean, I don't care. I'll find it. I'll write it down. We'll answer it. First question, though, from Kevin, of course, from the Lads Podcast, who we will have on next. Hey. I think they already said that next Friday, Kevin will be on the show on our week, on our match week, what, five? I think. Match week Is it five, yeah. Yeah, I think it's yeah. five. Match week five yeah, preview yeah. show. Kevin's going to give his input for all of the shows as well coming on here. Um, so, are you pro or against the international breaks, JD? I think you. I think you said uh, you very against. Very against it. I know yeah. we talked about this a little bit on the Lads Podcast, but. Uh, I am check that out very against it unless it's important, like unless it's qualify, like qualifying for the Euros yeah. or the World Cup or something like that. I hate these fucking friendlies. It doesn't make any I sense. Just, it's the stupidest shit I in the world. At least now, right now, anyway, in the pandemic, it's fucking dumb. It's 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 the stupidest shit. And again, like, we said this on the lads. If you didn't listen, definitely go check out the lads. But like, if in the case of Shakiri, he didn't test positive. He actually tested negative. But again. Like I said on the podcast, if he tests positive, he is playing with players and he's around players for um, Switzerland that play in a bunch of other different leagues with a bunch of other different teams and a bunch of other different nations. So he's going back to those other clubs that they play for and they could be potentially infecting them and like not even know about it. It's so fucking dangerous and it's such a slippery slope for games that don't matter, like you said. There is no reason for it. There's none. How tone deaf do you have to fucking be to just let these games keep happening? It's it's the stupidest shit in the world to me. It's so dumb. Yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, I just looked in the Discord. Apparently, Firmino scored a goal for Brazil. Oh, thank God. Isn't that amazing? Thank fucking God. Oh my God. He fucking scored, <sighs> and it wasn't it wasn't an Anfield, but you know, eh, what are you gonna do? I don't care. He never scores an Anfield. I've just come to the terms. I won't ever see seventeen, eighteen Firmino again, and I'm okay with it. Moving on though. Um, yeah. to, <laughs> I just saw that to, uh, to Trevor's question from the Instagram shout out Trevor will Ollie get sacked before the end of this year I'm assuming the end of 2020 
Do you think he will yes. get sacked before the end of the year, JD? He'll get sacked before Christmas if they keep playing like this. I don't think they. I don't think he'll get sacked though, because United are stupid and they just want to keep him around. I know, but they but they do have a habit lately of sacking their coaches when they're not performing. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, look like look at Mourinho. He got sacked before Christmas after the Liverpool game. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I just think the way United are going, I, I it doesn't look good. And and if they don't improve, which they definitely could, they have the talent to. I just I I don't see him lasting until Christmas if they don't do something dra- like improve in the next couple weeks. Hypothetically, like, if you were to switch, let's just say Pep with Ollie, and you gave Pep a full season with this current United roster after they bought in all all, all the people without Sancho, where do you think they finish? Because I think I think with this current roster with Pep, they'll be they would be a top four squad. Um, I think look, like fourth. I. I mean, people. Well, people could hate me for this comment, but Pep is not that good of a manager. Yeah, but well, uh, he's like so much better than Ollie. Okay, you're yes, he's better than Ollie. You're in Klopp. No, fuck it. Klopp on United. Where do they finish? Um. Yeah, they'll definitely finish top four. A hundred percent. He'll actually. He'll actually. He'll actually bring that team together. Yeah, exactly. And make them more cohesive. I mean, you could even say that about like Carl Ancelotti. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Because look at what he's doing with Everton. But the thing with Pep, I just he's always had unlimited money. That's why he's a good manager. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't meaning that to like degrade Pep. I just wanted to think of like a, like a good manager. I do think Pep's a, a guess, decent yeah. manager, but yeah, he's decent. He, he he's a he's a he's a top team manager for yeah. sure. It's just he's only had the massive amount of success that he's had. He, he also he also money. just like inherited Barca and. Bayern. That's true. Yeah, he just kind of inherited, inherited Barca and inherited Bayern, made them better, but yeah. still. Um, but yeah. regardless, though, I think Klopp or Ancelotti or even a guy like fucking uh, Poch, Poch, yeah, Poch, or or even like Arteta, the way that he's brought Arsenal together. Well, yeah, even even a yeah. guy like that. He's I young. Think, he's young though. He's well, young. Yeah, but like I just look at the way that he has made Arsenal kind of like come together because like you, yeah, but you they haven't th- won anything. Well, yeah, but just I'm just talking like on and <laughs> team performance. I'm not even talking about like trophies or anything. I, guess, I don't give yeah. a shit. Their Arsenal as a team, I think, are on paper like just player by player worse than United. But Spurs or not Spurs, Arsenal looks so much better than United. Where I just even think like even like a manager like with like Arteta's, even even with his skills, I think he could make them like a fringe top four squad. But right now with Ollie, they don't even look like a top six squad. Like they gen- yeah. genuinely don't. I I genuinely think if Klopp were to manage them instead of us, I genu I genuinely think they might challenge like Chelsea this year. Yeah. I really do, cause like their their front three, whenever they want to play together, or like I guess like whenever like Martial wants to play good, and he actually yeah. plays Greenwood and Rashford Pogba plays well, <laughs> and yeah, guys like Pogba with Bruno. That that team is pretty good. That team is a very good team and a very dangerous team. But Ollie is such an incompetent little fucker that that team just can't seem to fucking pull themselves together for more than like three months at a time. Like they have like a good three month stretch, then like they put then like they have one shit game and then they're they're fucked for like a month and a half. That's I yeah. swear to God. That's that's just kind of how it feels like for them. It just feels like whenever they have one bad performance, it just fucks them up for months. Because mm-hmm. Ollie can't really manage their team during the bad times. And the players kind of carry him through the good times. I think he sucks. I think he's a bad manager. 
I think he should be sacked by the end of this year. I just genuinely don't think that he will be. I don't I don't think that United have the balls to do it. I just don't. A club legend. <laughs> That's what's keeping him around yeah. too, man. It's the fact that he's a club that legend. Is, yeah. And he's a yeah, yes man. He's not gonna he's, he's not gonna say shit about the board like Jose definitely did, and he he would continue to do. So it's just, man, he sucks, and I think he should go. But again, I just don't think that he will. But moving on, next yeah. question, um, from B Carps, who are the top three keepers in the Premier League right now? Uh, Allison, mm-hmm. Ederson. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, yes. Allison, Ederson, and... I mean, okay, what is this off of? Overall skill? Just like overall. Current, just like, who, current form. Okay, overall, not just, cur- not just current form. Both, I think. I think both. Well, okay. I think a combination well, I mean, of both. I mean, because like, cause like Martinez at Allison Villa... You gotta make the question great, hard, J.D. But... You gotta make the question difficult. It can't just be easy. Okay, um... I mean, if I'm going to go overall, like, who I'd want on my team, I would say Allison, Ederson, or Lloris. But if we're going, if we're adding current form in there, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw Martinez yeah. in there. Yeah, Martinez definitely has to be in there. My three are and Allison. If, if Henderson was playing. Yeah, yeah, Henderson, if he was playing more, I think he'd be up there. But my three are Allison, Ederson, and actually Burnt Leno. I have Burnt Leno third. Oh, Bern Leno. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, Leno's been really Bern really Leno good. has been really good for them and he's That's true. He's been, that's true. It, he's been carrying Arsenal's just fucking trash back line. <laughs> yeah. That, well, no, I want with with Gabriel they have not been nearly as bad at the back, but they've it's just kind of inconsistent inconsistencies with them. Cuz like with with David Luiz, you don't know if you're going to get a world-class performance or a red card within 10 minutes. You just don't know. Which as a neutral makes watching Arsenal a shit ton of fun. Because oh, you just don't great. know what the fuck's going to happen. <laughs> like, at any point, this team is one David Luiz fuck-up from imploding. And it's so funny to watch. I I, I fucking love it. I think it's I think it's absolutely hilarious to just watch him either be damn near world-class or just be a complete idiot for, like, yeah. 20 minutes. It's awesome. I love it. But Leno <laughs> makes up for, like, a lot of their mistakes. At, I mean, we both agree. Allison is clear. I think everyone knows Allison is the best keeper in the Premier League now there was like arguments about Ederson but he he makes a lot of errors and as as an actual keeper he's not as good as Allison and even though people tout Ederson for his passing ability uh, Allison is a better passer Allison is a better long passer he's as actually I think like a slightly lower pass accuracy but with long balls Allison is a literal better passer than Ederson he just is uh, he compl- yeah. he completes he completes more long balls a game, which is what you want out of a keeper. And as well, you want the keeper to save the ball, which Ederson is like a slightly above average keeper in terms of save rate, where Allison's like one of the best in the Premier League. I think Henderson would be up there if he plays. He just I don't I just don't again and this goes back to Ollie. Why doesn't Henderson play? David De Gea is obviously on the decline. Yeah. Why don't you just play Henderson? Henderson looks like the future of your of your um back line for the next like how decade good, could you imagine like how good would united be in a position as if they would have fucking sold De Gea to real madrid for like a hundred million fa- we know when the whole like broken fax machine thing happened oh, yeah, the other year yeah that was fun. like like and then maybe they don't have a great keeper for the next two seasons but then they have henderson come back from loan from sheffield yeah. and instant starter like yeah that, i mean that would be so good for them Which- i don't know what like 
in hindsight, you... that's what they should have done. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Hindsight is, of course, always twenty twenty there. But Henderson is great. I, I, I think Loris has like a couple more good years left, and then yeah, I think yeah. he'll start to regress. I think... He's still a good. He's still mm-hmm. a very, very good goalkeeper. Oh yeah, though. D- definitely. He just it's just like his age shows every now and again. You can definitely tell because what he's like 34, 35, I think. Yeah, well, he might be older. That old? I don't think he's that old. No, I think he's like 34. He definitely looks older, though. He fucking looks like he's 40. And he's still starting for France. Yeah, so. which I think that says more about France's keeper situation than it does anything. Well, well, maybe. Because, <laughs> like, other than, like, Areola, I can't think of any other French keepers off the top of my head. Uh, Mandanda. <sighs> Steve Mandanda. <laughs> Oh, what a he was good. He, he was what a good. FIFA he was 16 good. legend, man. He used to have so many yeah. like informed cards on foot where he was like 91 he was, he overall. Was very good. It was so he was funny. Very good. Um, he was very good. Also, shout out to like you said Martinez, who's been outstanding. Pickford's also looked solid this season as well. But I think that's... oh yeah oh well I mean that's because that's because Everton's looked yeah good. it's it's Pickford more... is eh. yeah it's it's more of a case of Everton with their backliner playing to the point to where Pickford doesn't need to make a lot of saves. And in the air, Pickford's actually really good in the air. He's really good at catching stuff. He's really good at, like, intercepting passes with his hands. He's actually really good at that, which you would think would make him good at saving, but it actually doesn't. He's actually really bad at saving, which doesn't really make any sense, but oh well. I don't know. Um, well, it's reflexes versus Yeah, but, yeah, but like, there's, but... I've seen so many clips of whenever, like, he hits the ball with his hands, but his they, it just goes through his hands. Like, I don't get yeah. that. If you can catch the ball easily, why can't you save the ball right grabbing it easily? I don't know. Um... <laughs> Big shout out to Casper Schmeichel as well. I think Casper Schmeichel is also oh, a, true. a yeah. solid keeper. Schmeichel's, I I, I rate Schmeichel. I good. think Schmeichel's good. Um, yeah. I don't think he's like top tier, but I do think he is like on the same level as like Loris and shit like that. Um, big shout out to Keppa, the best manager in the league. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're never gonna hear the end of that, man. Nope. That was that was such a fucking funny situation. Dude, he's like, "Fuck you, no, I want to stay in," and then he loses the save penalty. Oh man, that shit was fun. Or did he save that penalty? I actually don't remember. In my head, no, I... they lost. They no, no, no. It was the yeah. penalty shootout. Yeah, no, it was penalty shootout. Like, and then like Caballero was a much better penalty shootout goalie. Mm-hmm. And, like he uh, wanted to take and... him out, but he's like, no, keep me in, and they end up losing because yep, yep. it's the same. And they and they lost. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. It's great. Um, but yeah, I think those are probably like the best keepers right now. But I think we we both agree, obviously. But but I don't think it's even because of our bias. I think Allison is just proven over the last couple of years that he is the best keeper in the Premier League, like 100%. And update on the Adrian situation, Liverpool have signed another goalkeeper, thank God. Oh, Adrian's still yeah, probably going to start, not, though. Not, not, but like this a, guy, not one for right now. Pitaluga, Brazilian, Pitaluga. He played in Brazil for the same team that Allison played for, I think, right? The same Brazilian team? Um, did or Yeah, Fluminese. Yeah. I, I think Allison came from there, but um, his brother, Miro Becker, mm-hmm. is, a goal, is the goalkeeper there. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of um, I guess kind of like, because also Fabinho played there as well. Oh, did he? Yeah, I think I saw a picture of him like wearing oh, jerseys shit. and stuff. He played there and, and like that's cool. Uh, I think Firmino is like a fan of that club, or he played for them as well. So like all of the Brazilians that we have, as well as a young seventeen-year-old Brazilian keeper who's like six four and actually looked really promising. Oh yeah, he's super tall for seventeen. Yeah, he it's looks insane. and like he's gonna he's gonna bulk up, of course. Like he actually. In terms of our backup keeper, should definitely be our backup keeper, like in like the next couple of years once Adrian's gone, because Adrian is thirty four. He well, we yeah. should we should definitely have him be the backup and then learn over Allison. Then maybe who knows? Maybe once Allison's done, he'll take over. Anyway, anyone but Adrian. 
Um, I actually, on Twitter, I posted my my preferred starting XI for the Everton game, and I had Milner in goal because yeah, that was funny. He's played every that other so position funny. for fucking Liverpool. He may as well play goalkeeper too. You know what I mean? But moving on, and he do it. He do a job. He would do a shift. Moving on though to the last question from Neil, um, who was more stupid, the guy that ate the bat? Referring to the guy that started the coronavirus pandemic, I, I assume. Or the guy who decided <laughs> to have all the international friendlies and games during during the said pandemic from the guy eating the bat. Um, well, in, in terms I of think, who's more stupid, I think the people that schedule the games during the pandemic. The guy didn't know he was going to start a pandemic, eating bat soup or whatever the fuck happened. Who eats bat soup? Man, when you're hungry, you're hungry. That's all I'm going to say. I've eaten, no, I've that's, eaten some weird shit. I think if we're if we're if we're thinking logically, it's the guy that ate the bat because we wouldn't have this exactly hundred percent in the in the begin in, to begin with, yeah. We we just yeah we wouldn't be in this predicament if it wasn't because of although of him. But then again, he didn't the know that was going to yeah, happen right. though. Yeah, you're right. He didn't. But still, he, he's he didn't dumb, eat the soup. But... He just wanted a meal, man. He didn't know he was going to cause a worldwide pandemic. It's the idiots that are, especially the friendlies. If if it's like international games for like the like the uh, the nations league and shit like that and like Euro qualifiers. I get it, but fucking friendlies, man. Yeah, there's no need. Friendlies. There's absolutely no need. I can't. I can't. We, I can't get over that. Friendlies. Even without a pandemic, I fucking hate. Friendlies. Yeah, exactly. Because like players get hurt and shit, and then we miss two weeks of of fucking Premier League action. Well, I. But then I guess. I guess like it actually helped out Liverpool because we have like a bunch of injuries and shit. So it actually kind of helped us out a pretty decent amount. Yeah, but true. It was it was very opportunistic and. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just think that the, the, uh, the world soccer climate would have been better off without playing the friendlies, for sure. But um, yeah, that's gonna no, be it definitely. though for this episode, this special episode. Next Tuesday, of course, there's no Premier League games to recap, but we're gonna be doing a transfer roundup special that episode. But we are also still gonna be doing our hot takes and our regular segments with Ari Surprise as well. But next episode, we're just gonna round up all the Premier League transfers, mainly focusing on. Apparently transfers, of course, we are the EPL boys. We have to stay true to our name. I mean, of course. Um, Got to. We're going to just kind of recap all the signings for all the teams, if we think it'd be good or not, if we think it was too expensive, goodbyes, things like that. We're just going to do a roundup because the transfer window is, of course, closed. So, J.D., do you have anything else for the people? Um, You know, you heard my bets. Make them, and maybe you'll win some money. Maybe you'll also win 766 bucks off of a, off of a $1 Thing. I fucking hope I do. You could buy an Arizona sweet tea or you could potentially make $770. Yep. That's all I'm going to say. But thank you guys so much for listening. Um, we appreciate every single one of you. If you came from our recent interview with the lads, thank you so much for checking us out. Hopefully we uh, we gave you new podcasts to listen to. And um, yeah, that's all we got. So y'all have a safe weekend. And then uh, we'll see you guys next Tuesday for a transfer roundup special. Adios. Peace out.